Good morning, everyone. It's great to see all of you. And good morning to those who are watching online. I know if you're watching online, you might be on fall break and on a little trip somewhere. So if you are, let us know where you're worshiping from. So uh, fall break is always so much fun. I wanted to let you know, for all of you, after this service, join us outside in the green space. That way, it's blessing of the animals. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, We're going to have lots of cute animals out there. And if you're watching online, you still have time to get here by 10 o'clock for Blessing of the Animals. Uh, We have roses on the altar, two roses. Um, We have Vander Phillips Leach, and the parents are Phillips and Alyssa. Grandparents are Nan McFadden and Hardin Leach. Uh, Another rose for Ella Gray Mash. Parents are Philip and Katie Gray. Uh, Grandparents are Dewey and Martha Gray. So it's awesome that we have new uh, babies being born into the life of the church. Uh, Awesome time to celebrate. This is my last announcement. It's a huge one. It's even bigger than Blessing of the Animals. Are you ready for this? October the 31st, we are having our trunk or treat at the Casey Farm. But Catherine, what do we need more of? Volunteers. We need volunteers and not just volunteers. We need trunks. We need lots of trunks. So, uh, and we need lots of candy in those trunks. So we would love for you to volunteer for that. And please see Catherine and just, just go up to her after the service and say, I'm coming and I'm bringing a trunk full of goodies. It'll be awesome. So uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together this beautiful Sunday morning in worship. I pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand and worship with us?
the world but it couldn't fill me man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough and then you came along put me back together Every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. True, I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen them all, you still call me friend. Cause the God of the mountain is the god of the valleys there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again oh there's nothing better than you there's nothing better than you lord there's nothing Nothing is better than you Oh, there's nothing better than you There's nothing better than you Lord, there's nothing Nothing is better than you 
You turn mourning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. You turn mourning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You're the only one who can. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing, nothing is better than you. Y'all may be seated. Doesn't the praise band do a great job? They. They always do. Yeah, they always do. And before I let uh, the children go to Children's Church, we've got a very special uh, thing that we get to participate in. We All of us get to participate in this wonderful moment. Uh, little Attica Seltzer is being presented for baptism today. Uh, so if you will turn your attention over behind the lovely and talented Molly Page at the baptismal font over here, I'm going to ask Kennedy and Kendra to come up and bring Addison, Atticus. He grew up in the youth group here, so this is super exciting. And uh, they just joined the church uh, recently as well. We're going to have some questions for you in a minute. Um, but brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. I present Atticus Flynn Seltzer for baptism. Now I have some questions for you. Are you ready? On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, I do. Do you, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church with Christ, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. Will you nurture Atticus Flynn Seltzer in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example 
that may guide him to accept God's grace for himself, to profess his faith openly, to lead a Christian life? If so, I will. Congregation, I'd like to ask you, if you have a hymnal in front of you, grab this and turn to page 41 in your hymnal, because I'm going to ask you to respond as part of the Thanksgiving over the water. Page 41 in the front of your hymnal. All right. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept over the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set your clouds in a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land in which you promised. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of God's mercy each day. In the fullness of time you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and made disciples of all nations. Declare his works to the nations, his glory among the people. Pour out your spirit and bless this gift of water and those who receive it to receive uh, to wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives that dying and being raised with Christ they may share in his final victory. All praise to you eternal Father through your son Jesus Christ who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. Pastor Andy volunteers to babysit all babies from here on out. All right. Um, I want to thank you for your support of the church and just remind you, the children, uh, now follow Miss Catherine to Children's Church. Y'all are going to have a whole bunch of fun back there. You just don't know. Yeah, they're going to have a lot of fun. Any, any kids or grown-ups, for that matter, that want to go to Children's Church, it's a lot of fun. We have, yeah, it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood, James. Um, I want to thank you for supporting your church um, by your prayers and your presence and your gifts and your service. Thank you. The offering plates are at the front and the back. Please continue to give through uh, online uh, offerings to, to give that way, text to give. We thank you for all of that. I do want to say something about these beautiful, gorgeous uh white flower arrangements. This is from a wedding that was here yesterday. Uh, Rachel Culp and C.T. Mormon. 
and uh, it's just a little something that I whipped together in my uh, <laughs> not even but aren't they beautiful and they left them here for us to enjoy today and we're and we're thankful for that let's pray God thank you for all of the blessings that you give us including the blessing of new life and new babies and parents who want to come and raise their kids in this church family we're thankful for all of that thankful that you make us able to to support this church thankful for those who give their time and for those who give their treasure to make sure that the kingdom of God is furthered here in Gadsden Alabama so God we have thankful hearts today and we just want to acknowledge you and give credit where credit is due in Jesus name we pray amen
my sweet Lord, mm, my Lord, mm, my Lord. I really want to see you. I really want to be with you. I really want to see you, Lord, but it takes so long, my Lord, my sweet Lord. Okay, go ahead and admit it. You were thinking in your head. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, listen, I hope you're having fun with this. And you might think, Pastor Sam, why in the world are you doing Rocktober? And the reason I am is because God is truth. And so we claim all truth for God. 
and and all kinds of secular songs there's a lot of truth and a lot of things for us to talk about a lot of things to to learn right yeah so all truth belongs to God and including uh, the truth in songs like this this is 70s week last week was 60s week and we had a little bit of the monkeys I'm a believer right and I hope you enjoyed that so next week is 80s week Somebody, I bet you know somebody that would be really excited that next week is 80s week and we're doing living on a prayer, okay? So I'll bet you know somebody that would love to come to a church that played a little Bon Jovi um, in, in worship. So, or maybe not, I don't know. So, but that's kind of how we roll. I hope all of you will stay around and come to the blessing of the animals. If, even if you want to just stick your head out the door down there and see it's going to be a lot of fun a little bit chaotic but a lot of fun kind of like youth group here at the church a little bit chaotic but a lot of fun all right so we're going to read philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11 and the words should be up on the screen and there is also a pew bible in front of you if you want to grab one of those philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11 my sweet lord let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Some of you may not know this about me. My family certainly knows this about me, but... I have this stubborn streak. If my wife was not outside helping with uh, getting set up for blessing with animals, if she was in here, she would be saying amen to me about my stubborn streak, and I would be saying, oh yeah, it takes one to know one about her stubborn streak because we both, our kids didn't have a chance. We both have a stubborn streak. Sometimes it turns out well. Sometimes you need a stubborn streak in order to just make it through life because you have to just keep on keeping on and you have to not give up and you just just have to hold on, right? But sometimes, there are times when my stubborn streak works against me. Um, I'll just give you one example. When I was a young whippersnapper preacher just right out of seminary, I had a gentleman come up to me one Sunday after church, and he, he was one of those people that had no concept of personal space, and he got right up in my face, now, I'm, I'm a hugger, you know, it's not like I don't want somebody to give me a hug. I just don't want you to get in my, my bubble, right? I, if, I, if I can feel your breath coming on me, it's a little bit too close. He had no concept in my face, and he also had no concept that he often came across as abrupt and rude. Uh, so he came up, I saw him coming, and I, I, I said just a little prayer. And, and so, give me strength, Lord, something like that, you know. But he comes, gets in my face, and he goes, Preacher, 
you got to go on an Emmaus walk. And, well, this was, like I said, many years ago. I haven't been a young whippersnapper preacher in a long time. And Emmaus walks had not been around all of that long. But I had heard about it because it was going on at Camp Sumatonga. And I've always loved Camp Sumatonga. I've always been a big supporter of Camp Sumatonga. So, here's the guy in my face. Preacher, you have got to go to Emmaus walk. So I took a half a step back so that I couldn't feel his breath on my face. And I said, oh, okay, well, can you tell me something about Emmaus walks? And he said, no, I can't tell you anything about it. You just got to trust me. You have got to go. And I'm going to be your sponsor. And I thought to myself, oh, heck, no, you're not. (laughs) You know? Because if, if I'm put in a position like that, my stubborn streak just kind of like hair on a cat's back just kind of comes up and I dig in my heels. And so at that point, I dug in my stubborn heels and I would not even consider going on an Emmaus walk. Anytime anybody came and said, hey, have you heard of Emmaus walk? I said, my heels are dug in, lying in the sand. So it was probably... Ten years or more after that, when Tammy and I uh, both went on an Emmaus walk, and let me tell you, it is an amazing uh, camp experience. It is, it is one of the best things I ever went to at Camp Sumatonga, and I've been to a bunch of good ones. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. you got to do it. I'm just kidding. You don't have to do it, but if you want to talk to me about it, I'd love to talk with you about it because it's fantastic, and it's just up the road at camp. But my stubborn streak... My stubborn streak is that little something inside me that says this. Don't tell me what to do. Do y'all have that? You, you watching my live stream at home? You're, you're sitting there and you recognize this, don't you? Don't tell me what to do. It's, it's something we've had ever since we've been little kids. You know that one of the first things that a toddler can say with understanding besides mama and daddy is no right right or was it just me and our kids yes we say no I don't want to do this don't tell me what to do and it's not just you and it's not just your ancestors it doesn't just go back to your parents it goes back to the very very first humans the very very first humans who were placed in a perfect garden and told you can eat from every tree in that garden every tree but that one and the very very first humans looked over at that tree and said that one you know that one looks really good yeah you know, I, I bet that fruit off of that tree tastes really really good and you know what don't tell me what to do God that's how far back it goes So, do you know what is at the root of Pastor Sam's stubborn streak and at the root of your stubborn streak? It's pride. You know, just plain old pride. Pride, you know, one of the seven deadly sins. Pride, you know, that list of seven things that God hates in Proverbs chapter 6. Did you know that list was in there, Proverbs chapter 6? You say, well, does God hate things? Well, yes, 
according to Proverbs chapter 6, here's what God hates. And I'm about to go all King James Version on you and read this from King James Version. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. These six things does the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination to him. Oh, seven things that the Lord hates. Number one on the list, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that are swift to running to mischief, a false witness that spreads lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren, sowing discord. Those seven things, but number one on the list, a proud look, or haughty eyes is another way that it's translated sometimes. That's number one. And it is, it is the Hebrew word, are you ready for this? It's the Hebrew word rum, R-U-M. The proud look is the Hebrew, honest to goodness, it's rum. And you know what it means? It means to be high. Look, I'm not making this stuff up. It means to be high, and if you drink too much rum, you'll, anyway, no, yet don't drink too much rum. But seriously, the Hebrew word rum means to exalt yourself up high. And to look down your nose at other people. And God hates that. God hates that. That's why Jesus was always saying to his followers things like this. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. In Luke 18, 14 is where he said that. Another, I, just give you, I could give you so many examples. I'll just give you one more. And this is one of my favorites. Because I can just see this playing out in my mind. In Matthew chapter 20, when James and John's mother, Mrs. Zebedee, or whatever her name was, bless her heart, when she came and she asked Jesus that her boys would have the places of honor next to Jesus in his kingdom, uh, Jesus said this to her. He said, you don't know what you're asking, number one. You don't know what you're asking. And then the other disciples got angry because James and John wanted the places of honor, right? So they're mad because they think they ought to have the places of honor. And Jesus takes the opportunity to huddle everybody together and say this to them. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over with them, but not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be greatest must be your slave slave a sir my little inner stubborn toddler self says i don't want to be a slave i don't want to be a serf don't tell me what to do see i don't want to have a humble attitude i don't want to do that no 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 i don't want to do that you probably don't either and you know why? You know why I don't want to do that? Because I'm a big old sinner. I'm only saved by grace. And I am prone to pride. I have a craving for rum. And I'm talking about the lifting myself high rum. Not to lower myself, but to lift up myself. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit working inside of Pastor Sam to try to sanctify that attitude out of me and to help me have 
the attitude of Jesus. I am still a work in progress. Have this attitude, Philippians 2 says. I just read it. Have this attitude. Have the attitude Jesus had. What was that attitude? It was that instead of exalting himself, Jesus emptied himself. And Jesus lowered himself to earth in a human body and was born in a human body. And then when he was in a human body, he took on the role of a servant. And he became obedient even to death. Even though being human, Jesus did not want to die on a cross. He still prayed in the garden, not my will, Father, but yours be done. That's the Jesus attitude. That's the Jesus attitude. Do you know what the earliest Christian uh, confession is? It's also the shortest Christian confession. It's not the Apostles' Creed, which we, uh, we always say in the uh, traditional service. We've said it in here sometimes. Uh, it's not the Nicene Creed. It is just this, three words. Jesus is Lord. That's the earliest shortest Christian confession the church ever made and the scripture that we read today which was part of an early Christian hymn it reminds us that in, at some point every creature on earth and uh, in heaven everywhere will join in the confession that Jesus is Lord Jesus Christ Jesus the Messiah is Lord the word Lord here is the, the Greek word kurios, kurios. And it means, well, there's, there's one way that Lord is used, and it's kind of like sir, okay? But there's another wor word in the Bible, there's another way it's used, and it's kurios, and it means this. It means the one to whom a person belongs. It means the one who has power and authority over a person the one to whom a person belongs the one with power and authority over a person and that is Jesus Jesus is Lord Jesus is the one to whom we belong Jesus is the one who has the power and authority over us you know that's why the dark history of slavery in our own country is so terrible because it's the very idea that one person could say to another person, I own you, you belong to me, I have authority and power over you, I am your owner, I am your Lord, because no one can say that but Jesus. No human being has the right to own another human being because Jesus is Lord, we're not. So. Most of us don't have a problem with saying Jesus is Lord. There might be some that do. Most of us don't. If I were to take a poll from those who are worshiping online or those who are here and say, how many of you would say, I don't know, amen, if I said Jesus is Lord, and I'll bet you just about every one of us would. But can I, can I just admit something to you today? Can I admit to you that it is a lot easier to say Jesus is Lord or to sing my sweet Lord than it is to actually live Jesus is Lord? 
You see, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said some really hard things. And I always try to put myself in there. I always try to put my, my, I even put my name in there when I'm reading it sometimes. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 6. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And I insert Sam in there. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, Sam, and you don't do what I say? Why do you call me Lord if you're not going to do what I say? Isn't that a powerful question for us to ask ourselves? Jesus said, you call me Lord, you don't do what I say. Well, what did Jesus say? Well, if you just look in the Sermon on the Mount right before Jesus said this in Luke 6.46, if you look right before that, what kind of things are we talking about here, Jesus well, Jesus said things right prior to that. He said, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. I don't want to do that. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. I don't want to do that. Don't tell me to do that, Jesus. Jesus had just got through saying, do not judge and you will be judged. But I like to judge. I like to criticize. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. But that's fun. Forgive and you will be forgiven. I don't want to do that either. Sometimes I want to just hold a grudge. Give and it will be given to you. But if I give, that means I won't have. See what I mean? It's a whole lot easier to say Jesus is Lord. It's a whole lot easier to sing my sweet Lord than it is to actually live that attitude. And remember what the word Lord means. It means the person to whom I belong it means the person who has authority over me. So how am I going to say Jesus is Lord of my life if I won't even let Jesus be Lord of my mouth? How am I going to say Jesus is Lord of my life if I have a hateful and judging and condemning heart? How can I hold unforgiveness in my heart and still say Jesus is Lord it just doesn't fit how can I have the attitude of you know what I, I, I don't want you know what I want to do to our enemies I just want to just blow all of our enemies to hell how can I have that attitude and still say Jesus is Lord I belong to him a lot easier to sing my sweet Lord but to make Jesus Lord of everything, even my theology. Here's what I mean by making Jesus Lord of my theology. We know that, that Jesus' story, the Gospels, are in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They tell the story of Jesus. That's how we know what Jesus did. That's how we know what Jesus said, how, what Jesus wants us to do. Now, we believe that, that all Scripture is inspired but that doesn't mean that all scripture is equally valuable in our lives and equally important for us in our daily walk. You say, well, Pastor Sam, how can you say that? I could give you a lot of examples. I'll just give you one. I'm going to read you a verse from Leviticus chapter 11. I bet nobody else in town is reading this verse. Nobody else, uh, no other preacher in town is reading this verse to you. Here it goes. All winged insects that walk upon all four are detestable to you, but among the winged insects that walk on all fours, you may eat the ones that have jointed legs above their feet which leap upon the ground. 
I'm probably the only one that read that to uh, the congregation this morning. So that scripture does not have the same call on my life as you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and you shall love your neighbor as yourself in Matthew chapter 22. Those two are both inspired but both of them are not equally powerful in my life and in your life. One tells me it's okay to go ahead and enjoy fried grasshoppers. Aren't you glad? You're free to. Feel free to. The other one is so important that I cannot enter the kingdom of heaven without it. You see? So if Jesus is Lord, then Jesus has to be Lord of my theology too. And that means that I take every single scripture in here, everything that I think about God, everything I, I think that I know about living in relationship with God and other people and creation, even animals and all of that stuff, and I filter it through Jesus Christ. I filter it through the fact that Jesus is Lord because in Christ, in Jesus is all of the fullness of the Godhead in human form. Every single way that we can know what God is like is fulfilled in Jesus. Everything that we can know about what God wants us to do is fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus has to be Lord over my theology, the way I think about God. If any way that... I interpret scripture if any point of my theology does not look like Jesus then I have to rethink it that is if Jesus really is Lord because if I'm going to say that then Jesus has to be Lord of everything on earth in heaven everywhere George Harrison sang this interesting song for a beetle to sing. My sweet Lord, I really want to see you. I really want to be with you. I really want to know you. I really want to go with you. That's what old George sang. But I tell you what I really want. I really want to just be able to say Jesus is Lord and really mean it. And really live it. How about you? Let's pray. Lord, we confess that you are Lord. Um, that, that is true. And one day everyone will confess that. But in the meantime, if we really say that and we really want to mean that, help us to see what that means. Because, Lord, sometimes we have... a a stubborn attitude that doesn't want anybody to be Lord, even you. Sometimes we have a problem submitting ourselves, our thoughts. Sometimes we have a problem even submitting our, our social media lives to the fact that you're Lord. And sometimes the things that we think about religion don't look anything like you. So we really want, we really want for you to be Lord of our entire lives. So help us work in our lives, Holy Spirit, to do just that. In Jesus' name, amen.
singing an Emmaus song. I opened with talking about how stubborn I was about Emmaus, but here's a song we always sing at Emmaus. If you know this, uh, sing this with me, and we'll let this be our benediction. He is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead, and He is Lord. 
every knee shall bow every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Go in peace.